Welcome to Dignity Leadership Podcast. I'm Rich Levine, the Chief Dignity Officer and founder of Dignity Leadership Consulting. I practice leadership using my Master's of Science degree in Leadership and Change and a Bachelor's of Arts degree in Sociology. I've examined how people work together, or maybe not work together, my entire career. So in this podcast series, I want to expose those lessons that I have learned in life with the intent to encourage more people to learn, grow, and become better leaders. Together, we can create a world of dignity. So welcome to the show today. We're going to talk leadership, leadership values. We're going to try to define what leadership really is. And to do that, you got to bring some really smart people into the room. And first rule of leadership, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're probably in the wrong room. So with that, in the house today, <laughs> I've got Michael Ray Newman from Edge Global. Welcome. What up, Rich? What's going on? Great to be here, man. I appreciate you. And I don't know what you're talking about, the smart people. I know there's some smart people in the room, but we're not pointing to me. So so here's, here's what it is, right? So I've got all this academia stuff to hang on my little name tag, right? Uh, master's degree, a uh, bachelor's degree. You've got the School of Hard Knocks de- degree. But what I want to say about that is when you become, in, uh, become an adult, there's the 70, 20, 10 rule. 70% of what we learn as adults comes from experience, the school of hard knocks. <laughs> 20% comes from relationships. So you've taught me 20% of what I know. And 10% comes from traditional training and learning. So I know 30% of what you know because you've taught me that. Right? Right. So if my math is right, they're right. And also today in the studio with us is the lovely Erica Burns. Here. Now we're talking about the smart people. Ah. Yeah, no. <laughs> yes. And I, got I, the, you guys need to be seeing this on a pod, the live version of the video, not the, just the podcast. Pretty young. My lady. brain is huge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Weighs nine pounds, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, you're pulling back movie quotes now. Experience. All right. So let's talk about leadership. And I've got two super smart people in the room. And then you add me, that's two and a half smart people. And then there's some, we got a guest yeah. audience as well. So we got a lot Don't of smart people. Don't leave me out of there. <laughs> we got yeah, a lot of smart me, people. Man, the right, right here. So, so right, I'm going to toss this over to you, Michael Ray, because I said you were the first smart person in the room. Then we'll go over to Erica, who will be our the okay. smartest person. So um, we'll start with you, Michael. What is leadership? I mean, what, is, what does it mean? What do you look for? What is, what is leadership? Well, when it comes to me, it's really empowering people. Because you don't build a business, you build people, and the people build the business. I don't build my family. I, you know, I don't raise my kids to be good kids. I raise my kids to be good adults. <laughs> and then that's what we – so what we want to do is is we want to smooth out the playing field. We want to make it as level as possible to let these people perform. So leadership to me, um, we could get down into the, the definition of it and the theory and the philosophy. We do a lot of people – let's talk about leadership. What's leadership? Man, it's really just serving people. And it's, there's a lot of different types of leadership, but it's about growth motivation and putting people, making them be uncomfortable and, letting, and helping them get comfortable being uncomfortable. Because you got to be able to break their comfort zone. So many people come in in the box and they, they do what you've made. You nailed it, being coming from the corporate world, breaking out of that. What you were able to do is stop managing people and start leading people. And that's a big difference. And not just leading them, you're able to lead them and they actually started growing. Not just personally, I mean, not just professionally, but personally. So leadership to me is pretty simple. I'm 
pretty simple to do. You're going to find out. Not that smart. <laughs> but you and, got experience, though. That's right, man. And, yeah, all that experience, the school hard knocks, that, and $8 will get you a fancy, co- <laughs> st- st- <laughs> fancy cup of coffee, right, from Starbucks. But, Heck, yeah. Uh, yeah, so leadership to me is really simple. Maybe you want to empower people. You want to find out. And, you know, we're going to hire fast and fire fast, too. If somebody, we decide to give somebody the shot, I'm going to put them on the spot. I'm going to say, take the shot. If you hold back, we'll never know what you could do. Yeah. So getting people to take action and then finding out what they can do and then come back and give them direction. You would rather have to pull people, like direct them, whoa, whoa, hang on, pull them back a little bit than you would have to push them. And if you find somebody you're having to push, that's a manager. All right, so let's, uh, let's go over to the beauty and the brains on this side. Let's talk with Yeah, Erica. what can I do for you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin E. coming in with the comedy. A dad joke. Man. <laughs> we Man, like dad jokes. <laughs> but uh, so, Erica, so welcome to the show. I know it's your first time here. here. We'll get the nerves out of you quickly. Michael and I have done a couple shows together, so we've got got a little bit of experience. Your chemistry is Our chemistry. So what, uh, of course, we've worked together. We've done, uh, we'll get into it hopefully in this half an hour, some of the things Michael's taught me. But from your experience, I mean, what is, what's leadership to you? What's that look like? Uh, I was wondering if Michael, you know, checked out my notes or got into my brain um, (laughs) because I always describe it as empowering people to empower themselves and empower others. She said it way better. So, (laughs) wow. Much more succinct. It really is about making the world a better place and how to do that is building self-sufficient people who are confident, doing what they do best, knowing themselves and helping others do what they do best. So it's a ripple effect. I will always say that, um, you know, what you touch keeps on going and there's a lasting impact. So leadership, it's very impactful, long lasting. So let's go to the next question. And it's always kind of intrigues me. So you're, you mentioned it earlier, corporate world. So you don't have to be in the corporate world. You could be private world, working for a private company, what have you. And all of a sudden, somebody comes and taps you on the shoulder. Michael, you're the next manager. What do you do? Just throw you the keys. You got the next, you're next up, bro. <laughs> Here's the keys. You're next up. By the way, the, the uh, deposit's got to get done tonight. You got to order supplies by tomorrow morning. Don't forget but, to lock you know, up. So, so what advice would you give somebody that just gets thrown in? And Eric, you can chime in too. Um, you know, you... You promote somebody because they're really good, right? Let's let's say we're we're in the widget building business, right? And you're really good at producing a lot of widgets. So many people go, oh, Michael, you're great at production. Guess what? You're the new floor manager. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Well, that's called the Peter Principle, and it's like the salesman, a great salesman, broke, breaks every record. He's going to be an awesome sales manager. You promote him to sales manager, and he tanks because he's great at being a sales manager. So people aren't going to always just perform. And we found we saw this a lot back in 2008 when the crash came. And what they did, the, the old graybeards, the, the board of directors said, go back to work. The CEOs, they said, get back to work because we're just throwing stuff over trying to survive. And in, and in 2011, people looked around and the people that made it, they were like, oh, we're kind of doing okay now. But they had fired everybody. There was no culture. There was no, um, there was no bench strength. Where's my bench strength, right? We wrote a book on you know bench strength. Because they had fired everybody, so that happened over and over again. And guess what? I was—we've taught on this uh, in Edge Global Mindset of a Champion is what this is. So many people did. That's why I said they looked around and said, "Hey, man, we need a new manager." You're up, bro. And the guy's like, "Oh, I just—I was the cheapest paid salary, so that's the reason I'm still here." So what they started doing is having to come back and train those people and find out because what they did is became managers. 
What am I supposed to You said get the deposit done, lock the door up, <laughs> change the thermostat. They just start checking the box. Exactly, checking boxes. And then when you put that in there, people – and then when pressure goes up, confidence goes down. And then you start seeing panic and people react opposed to respond. That's why it's so important. And here's what happened, that, that same gap. I won't get too deep into this because, man, we could do days on this. For sure. Because – because uh, of the crash and everybody just got fired, all that middle management staff got fired, and the old graybeards had to put their jackets back on, and then the menial, the lower paid employees had to stay, got to stay. There was no inadvertent mentorship. No, there none was, whatsoever. There was nobody like that. back in the day. You come in twenty years old, and guys come in and go, "Hey, man, come on, I'm pissed. This guy above me told me to do this." And there's one old boy in there, like the thirty-something guy that's been there a few years. He just, "Hey, bro, just settle down." It's going to be all right. So it's that inadvertent people that pour into you just because they're good people. That was, that's been gone. So what we had to do is go back and be do exactly what dignity leadership does, man. You do it so well because you know why? You lived it and you saw what it did and then you made the change and the shift. And that's why what you teach is so powerful. And that, so that's really important to have somebody else being able to pour into them. And not only you as a leader all the time, but you, you pour. See, if I was to come in and say, hey, Kevin, here's what I need you to do, man. Do me a favor. Stop in over there and see old Bob. He needs a little help some today. So what are you doing? You're building him up, and then Bob gets built up without you having to touch it. So being able to, that ripple effect is so powerful. You know, the ripple is more powerful than the pebble mm -hmm. and what you said while ago. So that was a really great statement. And, and what you're saying is where... I believe dignity leadership training comes in. What we can do Absolutely. is we can help out people and you say, all right, you got to get, you know, you need to go over and help Bob or you need to go over and help John. You need to go over and help Eric. We already know Erica doesn't need help because she's, she's the smartest one. But, but where I'm Rock going star. with this is, is you got to learn how to treat the people as you're doing it, right? So, and you taught me this, right? If you want whatever you want to get, you got to help them get what they want to get. And what do these people want? You know, they just wanted to be treated well. They want to be treated with respect. They want to be treated fairly. Instead of going over there, Michael, you know, you're supposed to get 50 widgets made today. What the hell? You got 48. What's the problem? <laughs> yeah. You don't go, hey, you know, if you take a whole different approach and say, you did 48 today. You know what? You beat yesterday's production. That's pretty awesome. What do, we need, what do you need from me to get to 50? How can I help you? Mm -hmm. And now you've changed the entire dynamic of the conversation. You go from being a helper to being... I guess we're going to say it the first time I've sworn this show, an asshole, right? <laughs> nobody wants that. And that's dictatorship. And, and nobody wants that style leader, especially with the people that are coming into the workforce today. And you touched on it, the millennials. So right now in, in 2021, millennials make up 50% of the workforce. And by 2050, I believe it is, um, millennials are going to be gone. It's going to be a whole new thing. And, and you talk about diversity. There's not going to be a dominant group. In 2050 working so if you're working right now and you're in your 20s i urge you to go out to diddyleadership.com hit me up and we can help you out but now let's bounce back to erica and and go back with that question so you're you're the new manager you're the new leader what hey, do you do hey i know what i'm good at i like to swim in my lane my, my strengths are my power tools and if i'm going to go out and build something i'm going to use power tools that i know work and then I'm gonna surround myself with people that know how to use those other power tools. And we're gonna to come together. I'm just gonna surround myself with mm. really smart people that are good at things that I'm not as good at. Because it, if you focus on trying to be good at everything, you're gonna be great at nothing. <laughs> it's a jack of all trades, so, master of none, right? But bingo. so there's the other thing. So you're gonna go surround yourself with other good people. You're not threatened? Absolutely not. Why not? Why? 
we're all going towards the same goal. Bingo, exactly. So that's what a lot of it, and that's where I see a lot of mistakes where people get, you know, they get promoted in these jobs, they become manager, they become supervisor, and then they use the term leader interchangeably, and they get there by authority, right? So they've been given leadership tasks by authority, and what they fail to understand is now they're responsible for a lot of things in these people's lives. They're responsible for their paycheck, they're responsible for their well-being. They might have families. They might, you know, they've got all these different things to do. And when you become a manager, a supervisor, it's more than just box checking and making sure that you're getting all those things right. So what's going on over there, Michael Ray? I was taking a picture of you. I'll, <laughs> send, it, I'll send it to you later. <laughs> Sweet. We'll put that up on the website, a little internal wow. action photo live from the yeah, show. You, yeah, that, you know what you said, though? It's pretty powerful. I was going to – I heard this when I, I've had a chance to work in the corporate space uh, I'm really unemployable, but I've uh, been employed less than like 18 months my whole life before we sold auction track. So it's crazy at this this one company. But I heard people say this. I'm not going. And you said it doesn't. That you said doesn't it intimidate you? And you said no, it doesn't because you know your strengths and you're going to do it. And I heard a middle management guy saying, I was like, man, we need to bring these guys in and train them, teach them how to be, uh, teach them how to manage. And that's what we did with auction track. Some of the technologies that a, a technology piece I built it helped train those people to be managers. And I heard a guy say this. He said. I'm not going to bring them in and train them because every single time I do, when I give them all this extra effort, you know what happens? They leave. And I said, bro, what if you don't train them and they stay? <laughs> I mean, that blows my mind because they're intimidated. Because here's what's going to happen to me. The rising tide raises all boats theory. Yep. Because guess what? If you start kicking butt and you're working for me and you get a promotion, what does that mean? This guy's going up. That's right. And we want people to come to work for us uh, in every company that we have. We encourage these people because one of these days they're going to go out and do their own thing, and that's going to be okay, like you do. I mean, you're going to, we're going to change. Things are good. This is not it. When you work somewhere for somebody, it's not who you are. It's just what you do. Remember, there's always the next thing because at the end of the day when you retire and you're sitting at the donut store with the, all the old retired boys, you're not going to say, hey, remember that time 20 years ago when you saved this company and you did this great job and you got this great customer and you went and got this client for the company? People don't care. No, they don't. The, the piece that you taught me um, where you're going, where I think you're going with this story is, it's not what you say, it's how you treat people. And I think you told me it was your grandmother always told you that. Remember, Michael? Yeah. <laughs> it's not what you say to people, it's how you make them feel. And if you make people feel like crap and you treat them poorly, so let's just go back to it. You don't treat them with dignity, right? That just gets people down. They lose hope. It breaks down trust. It breaks down consistency. And it just goes on and on and on. And those little things just keep digging and digging. But what I want to go back to is, is you'd mentioned that you're unemployable. So for everybody that's listening out there, here's why Michael Ray is unemployable. The guy is a successful entrepreneur. He's had more companies than I think I've got digits. I mean, so, <laughs> and he's been very successful at this. And, and you walked in when I met you, you taught me some things. And one thing I want to talk about, um, I was doing research for one of my papers and I picked up the phone and I called you and I said, and you taught me this. I was hoping you would answer it this way, but you taught me this in action probably seven, eight, ten years ago, right when I first met you. But I'm working on this paper and I said, all right, so let's talk about what are leaders, Michael? And I asked you all these questions and you're hitting all these answers. I'm writing them all down. And I said, I don't know if you remember this. I asked you one last question. I said, all right, we've talked a lot about leadership. What's the one thing we haven't talked about that you think is important? You remember how you answered it? Uh-uh. <laughs> you said, listen. Yeah, I said listening. Yeah, You've got to listen. And I remember when I first met you, and now I feel like an idiot. This is why you're smarter than me. is because you came into my office, you introduced yourself, and you sat down and you never said another word. 
And you taught me something pretty powerful. If you wait long enough, somebody's going to break the silence. So I was the idiot. And now I'm spewing my guts. I'm telling you everything I know, all my inside secrets, everything we got going on. Everything. But the cool part was, is you didn't hold it against me. You used it to help me, to build me up. And then you'd come back to those conversations and we'd talk about it and be like, hey, remember that day? I'm like, yeah, that's the first day, Michael. Who doesn't remember that day? But you would, you wrote all that stuff down. You had your iPad out. It's glued to your left hand. It's glued to your left hand again. <laughs> Is that the same iPad you've had for 15 no, years? No, a new iPad, just same uh, contraption. <laughs> same contraption. The one I told you. Is that the you, one, though, you got the little hole burned in it from the... Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm hey, talking about. don't tell all your yeah, stories. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. He's the first person I ever saw have that, like, the attached iPad. Yeah, no, it's... Yeah. Yeah, yeah see, you go. and you, you got the fancy version. You bought that one. He made his, and I told Michael <laughs> oh, Ray. I said, you know out. what? Your entrepreneurial yeah. skills. You need to make that, market it, and get it out there because they're right there. But we'll go back to what we're talking about is yeah. listening, and and you'd go back and you would use what we talked about going forward, and you taught me without telling me. I was wrong. I was checking boxes. I was making sure we were getting stuff done. I was a little dictator. And you would, you would grab me and would take me out after a day of work, and we'd go, like, come on, we're going to go have a couple beers. And we'd sit down and we'd talk. Yeah, and, so. you, and you would walk me through without saying, Rich, you're wrong. You'd walk me through, hey, you know, today we did this, this, and this. You know, and if I were doing it, and you'd give me some examples and some scenarios, you never told me how to do it. You never told me I was wrong, but you led me to where I need to go. Mm -hmm. And I think right there in a nutshell is leadership and you did it by example. And there's no way I'm ever gonna be able to verbalize that on this show. But you know what, if you if you wanna reach out to Michael, you can hit him up at Ed, Edge Global. <laughs> he can do the same training for you. You go see Rich. Or you can come out for the discounted rate and you yeah. can hit me up. You go see Rich and I'll come, I'll come jump in. Rich Give him and that, a couple beers. That's right. <laughs> or become a producer and then you get to enjoy all this that's stuff. That's right, Kevin Lee's heard it all. <laughs> the Monster Millennial and I have been hanging out for a minute, but listening is the most powerful skill for leaderships that you can have period you got to be a good listener and i thought was taught that from my my granny like and my papa and my mom and dad my granny used to say son you got two ears and one mouth <laughs> god gave them to you and so you could listen twice as much as you talk and i'm pretty sure she told me that at the time when i wasn't <laughs> it wasn't because i was listening but what i've learned <laughs> you weren't listening <laughs> no right? no yeah that's why she said i have a tendency i get i like to talk as well but when you listen, you learn more. And right when you're about to say something, listen a little bit longer. When you want to respond, mm -hmm. just listen a little bit longer. And I learned that kind of stuff. And that's when my dad would lay this stuff out for me. He wouldn't go, boy, you did it. Sometimes he did. Hey, boy, come here, you dumbass. Let me show you some what you're doing. But then he would put it out. Let's talk about what we did here. What it, and then kind of go through my thought process. And then I would. he would lay it out like choices of things that could be done. And then, then we'd come to the same conclusion. It, he was leading me to that conclusion the whole time. And that's when you're building people up and you're listening. And that's what the number one thing people want. They, when they, they survey all these people about all these things, it's money. No, it's being heard. People don't leave jobs. They leave jobs because they're not being heard. They don't feel like they have a place. Leave managers. Yeah, it's crazy. So, and that's what that's how you de and you develop. You want to grassroots. You don't want to go out and have to hire these leaders. You want to bring people and create a culture that we, like, there's only five areas of your business, period. And leadership is. The leadership is number one, but some people always put it at the bottom. But leadership, sales training, operations, your cash flow, which is your accounting and your branding or your marketing. Those are the five things. That's it. Nothing else. You want all the leadership from the top down to come from a grassroots approach from somebody shows up. When you can do like, like in the way, the fastest way to do that is be, let, let them be heard, listening and asking them what's going on and being able to, when you come up, I know you guys aren't 
listening to this on a podcast right now, you're not seeing it probably, but when you're talking to someone, this is a powerful skill that I found out. That's not a skill, it's just a powerful tool when somebody says, hey, boss, I need to talk to you. I'm like, okay, hold on a second. Whoa, and I reach back in my pocket, pull my phone out, turn my ringer off, mm -hmm. set it away from me over the desk, and I say, all right, what you got? And I sit there and I lean into them. Man, you see people, sometimes they tear up because this dude's really about to listen to me. That is a that right there, when people feel like they've been heard, whether you already, and here's the hard thing for somebody like you, Rich, is so smart. You know the answer, <laughs> you know the conclusion, and you want to say, uh, you got to be a tell me more kind of leader, yep. not a dismissive yep. leader, or like, I got it, I got it, I got it. You got to be heard. So that listening piece is the most powerful piece, I yeah. think. Yeah. And, and you taught me this, and then I had to build my own little, because I got my um, leadership pitfall series that I put out on LinkedIn and it's Instagram awesome, by the way. and all that. Mm, but one of them I put out there recently was, um, and it's just what you're talking about, waiting to answer. So are you actually listening to understand or are you listening for that? Well, just when you stop so I can interrupt and start talking because I already know it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, so if you want, you can go back and check out our, our website and click on the podcast page because we did an entire show on just on this, on um, reacting versus responding and we mm -hmm. get into listening and different stuff. So a lot of these themes keep coming back, listening. And there's another one that you hear me talk about a lot, Michael, and I think you've probably heard some of me talk about it too, Erica, and that's trust, mm -hmm. right? How do we build trust? And we, you know what, we drove up here to the studio yesterday and I got my beautiful bride in the car with me and we're talking. I said, we just started rattling off. I said, you know how many little tiny things that go on in a day that destroy trust. People think they're doing the right thing. They believe they're doing the right thing. They believe they're telling people what they wanna hear, but they haven't learned that they've gotta tell them what they need to hear. And sometimes having those hard, hard conversations are difficult, but if you're not transparent and you're not telling them the full truth, then you're doing a lot of things. You're breaking down trust, you're destroying hope, because people mm -hmm. can see right through it. You're not being consistent because you're not being truthful. And then there's the four that comes from strength binders, right? Hope, trust, consistency, and then the last one's compassion. How can you be compassionate if you're lying to them, right? And little white lies will eventually come out. But that's a whole other show. We're going to do it. There's a teaser for another show coming up on strength finders. We're going to talk about it. Um, but is there anything else? I mean, you're awful quiet, Eric. I want to I wanna get more of your input on this listening. Is it okay if I listen to understand? Absolutely. I'm, I'm taking it all in. I'm in a room. I, I walked in, and I'm an anthropologist. I really study <laughs> I human behavior, and um, I'm fascinated by everything. And there are moments in there where I'm like, you know, you said as a leader, you throw somebody into it, and you say, all right, perform action. Well, as I know, as strengths, you know, not no two people are exactly mm -hmm. like. We're surrounded by idiots, are we not? Yes, <laughs> you've been listening we to my podcast, <laughs> and you picked up the book, and you started reading I it, right? I am digging it, yes. It is a pretty good book. Michael, I don't know if you've read it, but um, it'd be a good one. It's a good book to read. It's called Surrounded by Idiots, and it just talks about, you know, uh, you as an individual, if you're out there looking for somebody that's just like you, it's not going to happen. Mm -mm. And, you know, and so the author basically says, you know what, everybody's an idiot because nobody's here like me. And then you got to have that aha moment. And you touched on this earlier when you said that you want to hire people that are stronger than you, that have the skills that you don't. Or, you know, so like you might be strong in, you know, in building widgets and, and Michael's great at selling them. Well, then you want Michael on your team because you can build them, he can sell them, right? But if you do all that, so you gotta go find those people that are different than you, and that also brings in diversity of thought. And then you start having people that challenge your assumptions. 
You know, because a lot of times in this, now it ties back to listening. Are you waiting to respond? Are you waiting to answer? Or are you actually shutting off your phone? So I'm going to do that. Believe it or not, look at this. Table's clear. I shut off my phone. I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you. Super impressed. I'll tell you right now, you said it really something really cool there when you say, I want to hire people better than me. I hire people with different skill sets than me. And here's, the, here's what I tell them. I say, I promise you this. If you'll match my effort with your skill set, you'll be successful. Because I'm going to give you something that you don't have. And I, I'm not trying – I don't want you to master what I have. I want you to get serviceable at it. But do find out what you can do and let's double down on it. And let's just kill it. That's what I've just done is, on, in this construction industry. I've hired two project managers and they're finishers. They're, they get in there and they get the job done and they finish it. I'm not. I'm not a good finisher. And neither – there was people on my team who were missing that. Now – our business is, you know, five X now over over a period of a month, wow. because we get the right people, the right guy. You've heard the the right pe- right people on the bus and in the right yep. seat mm-hmm. on the Absolutely. bus, which is powerful too. But if and you said something else about putting people in just perform, yeah, I have I throw some people in. I feel like it's going to sink, and I tell them this: if you need help, ask for it. And if you don't, prove it. My dad told me that growing up forever. So repeat yeah. that again. You got to go a little slower because <laughs> not <you> everybody <laughs> talks as fast as Michael Ray Newman. I, yeah, slow well, that one down. Well, if you need help, ask for it. And if you don't, prove it. My dad always used to say that to me. And yes, I speak at about 670 words a minute with gusts up to 900. So just hang in there. <laughs> you get used to it in a minute, especially when I go up north and start talking and people Ooh. don't have the the first time. Accent. The first time you walked into my Custom office, marks. now I know why you weren't talking because I couldn't understand you. No. Yeah, people usually don't understand me. And, and the mission statement of every company company I have and every leader should be a tell me more kind of leader when they come in and sit there and say tell me more that that should be just in your vernacular and really be a listener and if you'll help and rich you started saying it while ago but my mission statement is simple in every single company and not all of them have been successful by the way I've got more failures than I do have successes (laughs) but I'm getting closer you can have everything in life you want if you're just helping enough other people get what they want yep that's what it really is all about, serving and servant mentality, servant leadership. So let's before you don't don't kill the buzz here, you know, with that. So let's let's go back to what you just said a second ago. You've had a lot of failures. <laughs> Michael Jordan missed more game winning shots than he made. Oh, but yeah. people don't remember that. Mm-mm. They only remember the shots that he drilled that beat the other team, right? And who'd you want to have the have, who wanted the ball at the end of the game? Michael. Who on the team wanted? They all wanted Michael to have it. Why? Because they knew he gave them the best shot to win. And going back to what you talked about is you got to have these people that are good on your team because they're going to give you a better shot to win. And the other thing I want to say, too, is, is we're getting down to the end. I think Kevin's getting nervous over there. Um, what I wanted to say is, is if we had a whole world full of Michael Rays, I, you're, a, you're a great guy. But wouldn't it be boring as hell if everybody's just like you? A little bit of me goes a long way. You can ask your brothers. A little bit of me goes a long way. Ask both my exactly. brothers. Exactly. Exactly. So you've got to mix it up, and you've got to have other people. And if and where I'm ending with this is, I'm out here to try to help people become the best version of you, not the best version of me. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't want another mini me running around. I already got a couple of them in the house, and it's tr- it's trouble. I'm trying to find their strengths to bring them out. But if if everybody's the same all the time, then do we even need leadership? No. And then do we need to listen? No. And I think that's what makes leadership so difficult. Will you grow? Absolutely. No. Well, that's no, the you secret. Won't. That's the yeah. secret sauce. We tell everybody we do. And trust. You brought up trust while ago, and, and trust is our acronym for our our life process. Let's hear it. Trust is is because you think number the first T think plan and prepare the R is for relate, use uncover the need, S offer a solution. The final T is take massive action. You build trust on everything else. That's it. When you can when you can build trust, then you you know and you trust by being a leader, by being honest, by being transparent, by also being able to say the 
tell them what their pitfalls are without being hitting them in the mouth saying you really suck. You know, yeah. it's hard to do that a lot of times. Yeah, and that's and that's exactly what I'm trying to do with my pitfall series out on LinkedIn. Is I've made those mistakes. I've learned the hard way that those are stupid, and I feel miserable oh, yeah. about them. But if I don't acknowledge that I've made those mistakes, how am I going to learn? And then how am I going to grow? And then how am I going to lead? If I don't understand the mistakes I've made, I'm never going to lead. And then the last one is um, you got to go out and you got to treat people with dignity. So that's my why statement. But with that, I think we're up against the clock. So thanks for joining us today on our leadership journey. I want to thank Michael. I want to thank Erica for joining me in studio today. If you're looking for more leadership guidance, please reach out to us at dignity-leadership.com on the World Wide Web or Dignity Leadership Consulting on Facebook, Dignity Leadership, all one word on Instagram, and at DLC with Rich on Twitter. Keep paddling.